What's going on? Welcome to the Free Kicking Podcast. This is the Free Kicking Studio. This is a podcast we've talked about launching for a while now. We originally pitched it to the Chicago Fire, um, but they never got back to us. So we decided to go a little bit of a different direction. Um, I kind of get why they didn't get back to us. It's probably too much of a liability uh, to have us on there with brand guidelines and things like that. So I think it makes sense. Um, no hard feelings. Um, but yeah, man, these are these are my hosts, Daniel Johnson on my left, Patrick Duty to my right. For people that don't know, we all played for the Chicago Fire together uh, for a couple years. And this podcast is going to be um, basically some storytelling, uh, kind of just kicking the shit, having cool conversations with, you know, soccer people or kind of people from all walks of life. We want to help support local businesses and just have fun conversations and kind of connect the dots for American soccer and hopefully bring some new voices and some new opinions to the game. Because I think right now there's a lot of the same faces that we've seen on ESPN. You got Twelman, you got Alexi Lalas tweeting out of his ass. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what Eric Winald is doing. I think he's, I think Eric Winald is doing, doing good, honest work actually. Um, but Rodney just, Wallace was on. That was good. What's that? that? Was good to see Rodney Wallace was yeah, yeah, yeah. doing some Euro stuff. No, that was good. But yeah, you're right. It's the same terrible shit. It's all the, the time. it's the same voices, and so you know, hopefully we won't be talking too many tactics or you know breaking down tournaments or anything like that. We want to really shed light on the personalities within the game, um, and hopefully just have some fucking fun, man. That's that's ultimately what this is about: is telling stories and and having fun. Um, you know, one of the one of the reasons we decided to do this is because American soccer is just blowing up right now. Mm-hmm. You've got Atlanta United at the Mercedes Benz Center doing more fans than the Falcons. They do like sixty thousand fans a game. Yeah, the fire just moved back to Soldier Field, which is huge. You've got Cincinnati just moved in their brand new stadium, packing that place. Crew too. Crew just did a new that, stadium. That place is awesome. That place looks sick. So all these new teams, all these new stadiums are popping up in the MLS. Uh, people are pouring a ton of money into it. You know, in 2009, Toyota Park and Bridgeview, where the Fire used to play, where we played when they were there, that was the second soccer-specific stadium in the entire country in 2009. There's so many now, um, and they're all fantastic and sick. And then um, Austin FC is a new one, too. Yeah, you got McConaughey coming out pre-game in a full green suit. Green, with a little, sick uh, green what's, suit. What's he slapping there? Like some sort of like old school drum. He's got some sick little steel drum yeah. that he picked up from his travels. Dude, Doesn't it kinda, it from it, one of his movies. Dude, that that it, guy is so well-traveled. It kind of like, pisses you off at how cool he is. Yeah, it does. It makes me really angry. Like... Just this much. Well, uh, he hasn't really. He has no business being as cool as he is. You you want him to be such an asshole because he's such a well known and celebrated actor, and like <laughs> everyone in Hollywood fucking sucks. But like, dude, this guy's a legend. And have you seen his Buick commercials? <laughs> to the Buick commercials. The Buick no, commercials. No, Lincoln. It's Lincoln. Lincoln. It's Lincoln. 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 Yeah. Even dude, even better. Yeah. I mean, how cool would it be having that guy as an owner, dude? He's I, out in the green suit, getting the getting the fans going. Who knows if wild, he knows, dude? Who knows not, if he knows I mean, anything about honestly, soccer? Dude, is, that, is that better than part. is that better than Will Ferrell? Yeah, I, I think I, so. I think yeah. Ferrell's had his time. He's done. Well, Ferrell's cool too because he gets his kids there and like yeah, no, but like if 
that happened when I was like 14 and Will Ferrell was like the would've funniest been man alive. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been crazy. But for now, us as like, you know, almost 30-year-old adults and McConaughey being, you know, truly a living legend. Yeah. Um, seeing that, seeing the fact like, it almost makes me more happy that I played in MLS like now and I don't even play anymore. But just knowing that McConaughey is now a part of it. Yeah. I feel like in a way, like I'm also like somewhat associated with McConaughey. Yeah, it's going gonna, gonna to be like when you told people you were professional soccer a couple years ago, it's it's going to be like what they thought it was in their head, but like 10 years from now, you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Like, I'm going to tell my kids that after every single game, I had a beer with Matthew McConaughey. Yes. Every time we played in Austin. The story's and they weren't gonna, even in the yeah, league. It's going to evolve we a lot. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be a lot of lies told. Yeah. Hopefully this is a race <laughs> from the internet. By the, time. Yeah. the coolest, I mean, looking back kind of like on our MLS experience and the fire experience, the coolest thing to tell people is still that we played with Bastian Schweinsteiger. Yes. Right? Yep. That's like the yeah, coolest, three. most notable thing that I think we can all say we've kind of, we've kind of done. For sure. Um, man, I remember the day that we announced we were signing him. I had no, nobody had any clue that we were signing him. And then I woke up on Twitter and saw a video of people chasing his, yeah. his, uh, his limo out of the O'Hare airport. Like like a global icon, dude. I mean, I, I grew up watching him, obviously played some FIFA with him. I knew he was a legend, but I didn't understand the global, the, magnitude. the global magnitude. Yeah, dude. They literally call him the soccer God. That's what the entire <laughs> gut. country gut. of Germany refers to him as on like a first name basis in broadcast. Not to mention his wife's a, a model and a, a Wimbledon champion. One of the best tennis players. Yeah, dude, it's insane. And, if you remember, like the the reporting and the journalism leading up to that transfer was so bad. Like nobody knew that was happening. I don't know how, but like there was like small rumblings, but there it wasn't usually like we knew in the locker room that something was a rumors or something. Yeah. Nothing leaked. There were like there was nothing leaked. Yeah. I don't know how they did that. That's a that is actually a, a true credit to the front office. Um, to think the fact that, you know, and people, I, I hate when people say like, oh, he just came over here because he was retiring. Uh, the, the club he was on before the fire was Manchester United. Yeah. No one is washed up at Manchester United. So like, I can only imagine how many teams globally were interested in grabbing him. So then the fact that he, he lands in Chicago and MLS and we happen to be on the freaking team at the time. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of incredible. And everybody was freaking out. I, I think it's because everybody's freaking out about Nico. Because yeah, we had just signed. <laughs> everyone, like all offseason, everyone was like, hashtag no Nico, no party. I don't, outside of Belgrade, I think this is a true true fact that Chicago has the largest population of Serbians in the world. Yeah, I know it's Polish people for sure. I know we have more Polish people in Chicago than there are in like actual, like in, in like Warsaw, Poland. Yeah. I find that no, very no. There's there's no, like no, there's one point. There's like one point two million Polish people in Chicago. Yeah, I'll can, can you look I've that been up? Told things, yeah. Get that on the Google. Look yeah. up both look Serbians up. and the Polish population here. But no, so we we signed Nico. That guy just scores goals for fun. That guy's a legend. Um, and he did. He won that. He won the Golden Boot that year. He scored like I don't twenty something goals. Dude, it was he, insane. It just bounced off his cock and went into the yeah, dude. The ball would bounce off this guy's dick and go in the dude, fucking and goal. You, you remember when he when he came and his English got way better. But when he first came, everyone was like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Because he was doing interviews and he was literally 
like unabashedly so confident in himself. It was awesome. It was so cool. People just ask him like, so what do you expect? And you can find this clip. He's like, everywhere I go, I achieve all the goals. Everything. (laughs) I make top score. We win league. I play with the national team. And at the end of season, they always accolades. They come to me personal and for the team. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and dude, he's he just like, all the goals, it's for me, like food, I wake up, think the goal, I breathe the goal. And he's just, all he's saying is, he doesn't, I don't think he knew anything about Chicago. He was just like, I'm going to score a bunch of goals. <laughs> and and then he did. <laughs> he did. And, but dude, it was Artie who was like, because everyone was like, is this guy really going to score? And Artie played with him in Hungary and was like, yeah, I, it's, you're not going to understand half the goals he scores. But he's just going to score. Because he, he was the top goal scorer in Poland, right? It was and in, the in Polish Serbia. League, uh, and in Hungary. And in Hungary. Jeez. And so, you know, we saw <laughs> him play. Insane. And it's, you know, he's he's a good soccer player and all. But, like, you want some of these guys, like, you know, Wando's got it. Mm-hmm. You know, some of these forwards that just happen to be in the in the right spot at the right time. And, like, that's a skill you just can't fucking teach. No. Yeah. Um, and this guy, Nico, man, like... He, he shot everything with the inside of his foot. He never used his laces. And the ball just found a way to come to him. And he was a, an amazing box finisher, dude. And then Basti showed up. And I remember it being a total, total scramble. You know, because guys like us, I mean, we're in there. You know, we played college soccer. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> you're bringing in one of the greatest, if not the greatest German midfielder of all time into our team. Two years after a World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was just kind of, it was just kind of all surreal, dude. And, you know, at the time, me and DJ are living with three other dudes in a house in Lincoln Park, basically living like... Respect De- that house, though. Respect De- that house. DePaul College <laughs> yeah. students. They knocked it down. 1943 Did they really? Yeah. They knocked, they, they knocked it down. It was the Wait, oldest house whoa. in the block. It was beautiful street we that lived on. That house had good bones, though. It was fucking an eyesore on that block. Yeah. Everyone had Everyone remodels. on that block had million dollar homes and they hated all of us because we were, they thought we were in college, but we were actually professional athletes just like driving like Honda Civics and like Jettas and shit. Fair. I mean, fair. <laughs> I can't believe they knocked that down. That's sad. So, yeah, so, yeah. so Drew was mildly right. Um, the population of Warsaw uh, is 1.8 million. And in the U.S., there's 9.5 million Polish people. Chicago. What about Chicago? Chicago there's no more than estimated... 280,000 Polish Americans in each nah, city. Nah, nah, those are no, no, no. I need Chicago Polish yeah, stats. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I'm saying. It, it's no more than like 280,000. So the cap in Chicago is 280,000. No chance. In any, I know 280,000 Polish people myself here. <laughs> there's, way, there's way more. In, in Chicago in a, Polish population. Chicago bills itself as the largest Polish city outside of Poland with approximately one. people of Polish ethnicity in the Chicago metropolitan area. All right, so I don't... Can we do the math on that? So then he's right, but apparently my Google is wrong. I guess it doesn't matter. There's just a shit ton of Polish people here. I think what's important... And we love them. That's what's important. No, what's really important is, you know, we're kicking off this podcast, and within the first 10 minutes, we're throwing out facts, and we have no evidence to support them. And that's something that I think... And that's what Mahoney's supposed to do, though. That is your job, Mahoney. That's why he has the desk. To be fair. here's the thing. That sets a good precedent for what we're doing here. Exactly. I really... I think that's a nice (laughs) commitment to the people that hopefully watch this and listen, that um, what they hear in terms of facts... Is not true. It's a total toss-up. That's why we're free-kicking. And that's what makes this fun. That's That's why we're free-kicking. That's what makes it free-kicking. Exactly. Um, First day Basti was in... Dudes, you kind of had a weird, yeah. Um, 
you kind of had a weird situation with Bossy the first day that he showed up. You know, everyone's catering to him. They got a bunch of news channels there. Yeah. We're just trying to make sure everything's okay. Sure. Didn't you guys right. get like a laundry list of rules? Yeah, like no, what like not to do. They and, came and, and spoke and what to, not us to say and said like, be normal when you introduce yourself. Um, media rules, stuff that came outside the locker room, people asking you questions like turn down interviews, all that type of stuff. And then we also were like, didn't train on Bridgeview training field for like a month. <laughs> that was it great. Was so bad. Because it was so bad. But it was like, it was like, yeah, act normal, but don't bother. Like, yeah. don't bother him, but act normal, but yeah. also. Like, he's your, he's your teammate now, guys. Like, form a bond, but also like, don't look at him in the eye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think they were trying to figure out exactly what was happening. And I think they viewed a few of us <laughs> as like, holy shit, what are these, like, what are the, what are the young Americans going to do when this, like, their yeah, dude, idol li- walks in? Literally, as, as, do you remember being in college and being like, damn, when I get to a pro locker room, it's going to be like all business, we're going to be going in, and then we're like, naked in the locker room, <laughs> in the hot tub at all times, bumping, I used to put on YBN Namir on the same speaker system that connected to the coach's room, and just play it <laughs> exceptionally loudly. Those Serbian guys didn't like uh, American hip hop. No, no, they didn't like a lot of our locker. They just, but I will say, Drew, you kind of had it right. Like, they almost kind of they were giving us so many guidelines, but then the message at the end of each rule was, but basically just be yourself. And to us, it was like, all right, do you want us to be like ourselves, <laughs> or do you want, or us, do you want <laughs> us to follow each of these guidelines? Because I'll do whatever you want. Like you're, you pay yeah, us seriously, but. You're making it like this isn't a big deal, but at the end of the day, I haven't seen half the front office all year, and now they're all in the locker room telling us what we should and shouldn't do when he walks in. Well, and and you made a, a, a famous early blunder. I did, yeah. Do you want to? I know you want to get that off your chest. Do you want to kind of? Yeah, I can dive into it. Um, I wasn't expecting it to be on the first episode, but uh, here we are. So essentially, we just gave you the backstory. Bosch and Schweizers, you know, he signed. He's coming to the U.S. Coming to MLS. Coming to Chicago. Holy shit. Um, we get our whole PR ordeal and now he's actually at the building. So, um, you know, introduce ourselves, go out to training, more media than I've ever seen come in and, uh, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, the, the next day at training. So the first day I kind of call it a wash. Like, I don't even remember if we did much. Um, we but played five B two the whole time. Yeah. And it was all like, I just remember trying to be in every shot with him. Um, so anyways, the next day, we're kind of back to normal to an extent. And in our locker room, um, for those that aren't watching, well, actually, none of us are watching it. I'm trying to explain it. Uh, basically, there was a main restroom for the team. And then there was kind of a sneaky little back restroom um, with three little stalls and a urinal and whatever. Um, and for whatever reason, uh, this back restroom was was not heavily used. Um, in fact, only me and two other of my teammates actually leveraged it. Um, whereas then the other 30 guys on the team were all fighting for the other restroom. Uh, so it was your the, secret little poop spot. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, uh, well, who was it? Who? It was you. It was me. It was me, Jonathan Campbell, uh, yeah. and then Michael DeLayu, oh, the lion. Yeah, the lion. Um, Dutch God. And the three of us had kind of formed this really cool partnership um, back in, in this secret restroom. And it got, actually got to the point where we had, we had set time slots. So if I remember correctly, 
if training was at 11, we had to be, you know, in film started at 10. And if you're going to be using the restroom, it was probably 35 minutes to an hour before. I don't need to get too, too in detail for that. But um, so delay, you had the first 15 minute shift. Then Campbell had the second 15-minute shift. Then I had the third 15-minute shift. And it was basically like an unspeaking bond that like, hey, you stick to your time slot. You get in, you get out, you obey that, and you don't fucking say anything to anyone else. Because the more that we started to see all of you struggle struggle for for stalls. And, you know, you're timing your coffee, and it's like, well, when can I eat breakfast? Especially when everybody started dipping on the team. Yeah, there's a lot of factors there (laughs) that we were just witnessing. That guy's chewing the Swedish tobacco. They need to poop. A lot of... (laughs) You got... You you, you had... What was that breakfast they were bringing in at the time? Dude, we... the, The egg casserole. Oh, my God, dude. That was just heat. Anyway. Keep going, dude. That, yeah. got, that got ugly. Um, so anyways, yeah, so we were witnessing that, and it basically over time made us so grateful for what we had. Um, so that next morning, uh, after Bossy's first day, it's coming in around 9.15, 9.12. That's when I usually started to you know start my, my walk towards, uh, towards the stalls. And... Johnny Campbell was supposed to be out at 9.15. It's about 9.17. Door's still shut. So I knock on the door. Hey, Johnny, let's go. Uh, I don't hear anything. I'm kind of getting pissed off, but, you know, maybe he's got something going on in there. So I knock again. Hey, Johnny, let's go, man. Well, Johnny's, like, fucking with you. Yeah, you know, well, at first, you know, I want to give him courtesy. Right. You know, um, so I give another quick knock. Hey, Johnny, you know, time's up. Um... And it's still nothing. So I'm like, all right, like he's fucking with me. So I don't know what led me to do this. Um, but <laughs> I, for those, like it's a very you know, general stall. Um, and I pounded on the door very hard. And then I, I dipped my head underneath the stall, kind of looked up and I was like, hey, Johnny, I see you. It's time to get out of here. And it wasn't Johnny. It was Bosch and Schweinsteiger on his phone using the restroom. And he looked at me and he just screamed, Basti, Basti, Basti. And I was like looking up at him. I was like, oh, oh my God. So I like sprint out of there. I sprint down the Toyota Park hallway. I find a janitor's closet. And I go in there and close the door and, and I lock s- yourself in the closet. I lock myself in the janitor's <laughs> closet at the basement of the stadium. Oh, and I'm, I'm thinking through my head, like, what did I just do? First of all, that's so creepy. I don't care if you know any, like you could, you're like, Hey Johnny, I'm hey, here. Yeah. I'm Johnny watching boy, you. See ya. Yeah. Well, yeah, Johnny's a good victim for that. Like yeah. that, he, he, that'd be funny for Johnny. It could have resonated. Exactly. It's still a stretch to like do no, that. No, it's, it's, it's on the fence, but yeah. it's good. Yeah. So, you guys knew each other well enough. We knew yeah, each other, yeah. But it's still like, that's so weird. So the fact that I even went to that route, um, but for then for it to be bosty and we just got this huge spiel about how <laughs> not fucking with him and just, not, yeah, yeah. Giving him his privacy yes. and you know, you know, he's a world icon and you know, the last thing you want to do is aggravate him because God knows how much money we just spent him for him to move his family here. And here I am peeking on him using the restroom. So I'm in the closet <laughs> and I'm like, all right, let's, let's go over what, what could have, what could, what could happen from this? One, I could lose my job. Like that's that's actually a reality now, which is very scary to think about. That's true. Um, yeah, you're thinking I'm getting cut. 
I think there's a, yeah. there's a realistic or at least like a season in St. Louis for sure. Like, yeah, just probably loan. like duty. You're gonna go <laughs> which down is to which is the same thing. The St. Louis loan. <laughs> yeah, been there. Um, so that's that's going through my head, uh, and I'm going over all the negatives, and then I'm starting to think. Well, you know what? I barely know the guy. I just met him yesterday. I shook his hand. Probably has no fucking idea who I am. He's met a million people at this point in the last 24 hours. So, all right, you know, let's go back in the locker room. Basically, act like nothing happened. Um, <laughs> Which is just the worst move. Yeah, it, it totally backfired. So I went into, the, the boys are all foam rolling and stretching uh, before our film session. I walk in, start foam rolling. You know, hey, what's up, guys? Chit chat. <laughs> and Bosti walks in and he points me out and he goes, you, you. And everyone like looks at me and I'm like, hey, what's up, man? <laughs> He's like, you fucking, you fucking looked at me while I was shitting. And everyone looks at me and I'm like, whoa, like, uh, what? And he's like, yeah, you, you peek your head inside. And everyone's like, dude, <laughs> what the fuck, man? Like, yeah, and la- great last name for this story. But they're like, dude, what's he talking about? And I was like. <laughs> I was like, Bossy, I am so sorry, dude. So now it's like, everyone's like, wait, he's telling the truth. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember we were dying because we said, ah, dude. Yeah. It's like, yeah. that's how we used to talk to you. And me and Drew were in the corner just going, ah, <laughs> dude, <laughs> what the fuck? Oh. Just like so I was, ripping you. I'm like, Bossy, like, first of all, I'm so sorry. I know we don't even know each other. I was like, it's a huge misunderstanding. I was trying to peek on Jonathan Campbell. Then Johnny <laughs> Campbell was like, wait, what? Like, what are you talking about? And I was like, no, Johnny, like, you know that I follow you. And like, Johnny's uh, like, no, he's like, dude, dude, I don't know. And I was, everyone's like, dude, you seriously, what's going on? And I was like, guys, I thought Johnny was in there. I, it was my turn to go to the restroom. Now it's starting to get out like, wait, what restroom are you yeah. guys even using? So it now, sounds sketchier than it should because exactly. you guys kept it this Because so it wasn't secret. in the main ballpark. Yeah. So first of all, like our whole cover's completely screwed. Second of all, everyone now thinks I was like spying on Bosti using the restroom. It was, it was a moment in my life that I will never forget when I made eye contact with him. And then that sprint to the janitor's closet and like everything just flashed before my eyes, all these different outcomes that could happen. <laughs> and the fact that he knew exactly who I was when he walked in there and the whole squad was in there. I it's mean, unreal. It's an unbelievable, unbelievable icebreaker. Um, Can I just add, uh, <laughs> Bossy's Lock, locker and I, mine were actually right next to each other, and I was—I thought for sure he would request a a change, which I would have totally respected. Um, we ended up being good buddies for for the duration yeah. of that year. He's a good dude. Um, and that and, was the best possible outcome. Like it was—it was only going to go one of two ways. You were getting cut, or you guys were going to become good friends. And yeah. and he ended up—he ended up loving you. Yeah, and it worked out. Delay called you the peaker. Delay, you got nick, you got nicknamed the peaker the rest of the year. That you were the peaker. I was I was Patrick the peaker, uh, which was fair. Um, and our bathroom schedule kind of got screwed, but I mean it's a great memory. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, I mean even even I had the pleasure of meeting Basti and uh, his beautiful wife Annie Ivanovich. Um, <laughs> Drew invited me to the Cubs game because he was singing the seventh inning stretch with Dax and Basti, 
and I had a freaking uh, final for college, and yeah. Drew's, Drew's calling me immediately like, look, Mahoney, I have one extra ticket. You have to come. Like, you're not going to your final. Oh, you're dude. not taking this test. You're coming to the Cubs game once, with me. Once in a lifetime. I think that's that's the coolest thing I ever did. And most of the player appearances for guys like us, for, like, the younger American guys, we didn't we didn't get these cool first pitches or seventh-inning stretch or tickets to a Bears game. We got Jewel Osco on a Wednesday at noon. And you would and you would sit at the high at like a if you want to meet Drew Connor, <laughs> come to the cold meats fucking section, dude. It those Jewel Osco appearances were brutal. I guess they were one of our sponsors. So was Heineken. So we would sit there at like a Heineken table with a Heineken rep, and uh. people would be walking by doing their groceries, and they'd be like, the Heineken person would be like, "Do you want to meet Chicago Fire midfielder Drew Connor?" And they'd be like. No, and then they just like walk by me. <laughs> they that was me, they give you a whole stack of cards to yeah, sign. Yeah, I think <laughs> I signed with you with like a like a sweet like player <laughs> yeah. action. And I just remember every time leaving with a full stack. <laughs> yeah, I I still have like a stack in my car. Oh, uh, I know for sure, like under the floorboards. Exactly. exactly. And so, dude, it was just like so to finally get a really cool appearance, like singing the seventh inning stretch of the Cubs, the the, the season after they won the World Series. I was like, holy shit. And dude, luckily I went to a bunch of those. Nobody wanted to take those Jewel Osco appearances. And Frank, our PR guy at the time was like, Hey, I really need you. Will you please just go back out to Bridgeview for me? It was middle of the day. I was like, all right, I'll do it. And then, you know, luckily Bosti didn't really know the words or the tradition of the seventh inning stretch. So he wanted to bring Dax on. And then Frank was like, well, why don't we get a local guy? And he chose me. So I get a call two days before the game and I'm like, Yes, absolutely. I would love to do that. That was so sick. Called, sick. called Mahoney. Dude, but we went to the game. Bosti threw the first pitch. We were on the field um, for a while. Like, we were on the field hanging out. For batting practice. Me, yeah. Met Chris Bryant. Like, it was unreal. It was very, very cool, man. Um, it's crazy, too. Like, think about all the Cubs fans in this city that would... They would do some bad things to be able to do that. And yeah. it just fell in my lap, and, and it was dude. the first Cubs game I'd watched in three, four years. <laughs> Hell, and you're just on the field like, yeah... Phil a millionaire, like pro athlete. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure in my Instagram caption, I put Drew's first cup game. Yeah. And it was the, wasn't it the year after they won it? Yeah, yeah it was, dude, dude, it was, it was like the real. fourth or fifth game. But that I just remember so as cool. the game was going on leading up to the seventh inning, you know, me and Dax and Basti and Mahoney, and we were all sitting up in the box and starting to get nervous, you know? Sure. Because Basti's not going to lead it because he doesn't really know the words. So I'm thinking, all right, Dax is going to lead the charge here. Me and Dax are like, we're putting down we're beers. we're putting them down, dude. We're Good. putting down All beers. Of us were. Even Bassy was. We're putting down beers, and and uh, the seventh inning comes around. We go do a little uh, rehearsal with Gary on the on the organ, and then um, and then we get into the booth, and one of the guys opens up the window, and Dax goes, "I think you got to get in the me- middle and lead it." And I'm like, oh my god! Yeah, he goes, he tossed you, dude. He's like, dude. I, he's like, come on, dude. Like, you're you're from the area. You got to do it. And I'm, dude. I'm hammered. I'm like, I'm like ten beers deep. I stick my head out the window. I'm like, what's going on, Chicago? It's, oh. awesome. And we and we and we do the damn thing and and get out of there. But but when we went back, when we went back to the box. Ryan, you got you got a yeah, chance yeah. to hang hang with Bosti for a little bit. Yeah, no, it was awesome. We went back to the box. We ended up chilling, just having like normal conversations with this fucking legend. And I'm sitting there in like the hot dog line, like trying to make my Chicago style hot dog. And Anna and Bosti are with me in the line, and they're like, "Oh, 
I want to I want to eat the hot dog Chicago style. Show me, show me, please. And I was like, literally making Annie Ivanovich's Chicago style hot dog for. Her. I mean, this this woman won Wimbledon. Like, it was quite an unbelievable. And then Ryan experience. Ryan asked Basti the, the most basic yeah. soccer question. Soccer I, question I on to, earth, I which is to. which is who do you who do you think is better, Ronaldo or Messi? And and Basti's answer was Manuel Neuer. Was Manuel Neuer a goalkeeper? Oh, that is a, a German goalkeeper. Sick take. And we're like, whoa, that's a hot take. Explain why he he said. Well, he was that. like, you know, he was like Messi or Ronaldo, and Basti's like, actually, I think Neuer. Neuer. And we're like, what? And he goes, well, if you think about it, he goes, if we're looking at positions on the field. He goes, I think Neuer did more for the goalkeeper position than Ronaldo and Messi did f- for theirs, yeah. which is kind of a hot take, but I mean, it's super German of him to just yeah, select another sick German player. Like, yeah. I, and, guess and it, a I guess it does kind of make sense in a weird way. I mean, no one was doing the stuff that Neuer was doing, like no, run, no. running out Dude, of the box. Dude, I think that Neuer could play balls. like... Yeah comfortably in the midfield in the MLS. I'm sure, dude, I'm sure you could. He's got good feet. But that was the coolest appearance I ever did. Duty, you got screwed. Duty got fucked. Out of, out of, I mean, for you, the one. Yeah, I I was, I'm a diehard White Sox fan. Went to 05 game two, Scott Pacetic walk-off, Sox won. Uh, Actually slept the Astros 4-0. 2005 World Series champs. Anyways, (laughs) been a a, a diehard fan. It's my favorite team, Chicago. Um, and the good part about being on our team, being a local kid, is everyone usually is a Cubs fan. I'm a diehard Sox fan. Our PR department knew about it. Um, so it was my birthday, April of, of 2017. I come in from practice, and in my locker room is is hanging a, a fitted uh, Chicago White Sox hat um, and then a custom-made Chicago White Sox jersey with duty 22 on it, which was my soccer number, and then a nice little letter that said, will you please throw out the first pitch? At, at our game next Friday. Dream come true. Dream come true. I mean, this was like... And they did it so well. It was... Like, they, like, they had it not really nicely set up. Yeah, it was It was really... I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it now. Like, it was really cool. Um, so, I freak out. I, I call my dad. You know, my whole family's from the south side of Chicago. Uh, we're getting tickets lined up. Um, it's just going to be, be a big ordeal. And... Fast forward about 10 days. I'm supposed to throw out the first the first pitch that Friday night. And you said you had family that were like, they didn't they didn't believe you. They didn't believe me until my dad actually started purchasing tickets for yeah, them. Like and then they're like, oh, this is actually happening. Yeah. 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 Um, so it gets really sad here, folks. But I, I come in from <laughs> so bad. I come in from training and uh our our kind of operations guy, Alex Buller, great dude, AB. He's like, hey, dude, I need you to uh, I need you to go talk to Nelson, who's our GM. I was like, well, that's never a good sign. Um, so I, I'm like, all right, no problem. Go in, talk to Nelson. Talk. Nelson's a good dude. He's like, hey, um, we are, we're going to send you to Utah this weekend to play with our minor league team. You haven't got minutes in a while. This will be a great opportunity. Their starting left back now is hurt. Um, they called us, we know that you need minutes. So I'm like, all right. He's like, so you're flying out of O'Hare at two 30 this afternoon. <laughs> and I just completely froze. 
Um, so I was like, well, I can't, I have to do it. It's my job. I don't yeah, have you, a choice. Did you, can't did, make you, it. did you tell him that you were supposed to throw the, the first You know, I, I didn't tell him, yeah. but I went down and I, I talked to AB and I was like, hey, Nelson just told me, he's like, dude, I'm so sorry. He's like, I know tonight's the Sox game. And I was it was like, the day off. Day of. Yeah. They sent well, you to fucking Utah. Yeah, I flew out. And, just, and dude, and oh I know. But dude, that, in true fire fact, that, that's, that's how, that how they, purpose. yeah, that's how they would, dude, that's how they would do it. <laughs> that was and on purpose. They didn't like when like any young American dudes were kind of getting hype or like any, any sort of like appearances. I think they found out that you were throwing <laughs> the first pitch and they're like, we're sending him to fucking Utah. That's very dude. purposeful from fucking Well, it's ironic Nelson. timing since I had not been on loan all year. Um, and usually yeah. the loans were like, hey, man, you're going to be down there for a couple months. How do you feel about heading down to like St. Louis for a few months? Or like, do you want to go to like Memphis or like whatever the case was? It was never like, hey, man, Friday, you're flying out for one game. You never train with the team and then you're going to come back. It's very, very, very little one off trips like that. Yeah. And you so you got your first your your White Sox, your boyhood dream of throwing out the first pitch for the Sox just ripped from you. And you got sent to Utah to play a minor leagues soccer league game. And I'm what I'm guessing is like a converted baseball stadium, probably in Utah or some shit. Yeah, I, and, and what Salt is the Lake. team in Utah? It's Salt it's Lake. Monarchs. Salt Lake the Monarchs. They play at Monarchs. They do play at they did play facility. at uh, we, they play we played at, at the Tinto. stadium. Okay, that's and nice. so not that that matters. No. Um, Dude, I think we should make a campaign for you to get that pitch back. Yeah. The Sox are having Dude, a great I, season, I think right? If free kicking does absolutely nothing and we never get traction, if we can get duty back on the ballot for the first pitch. I think we should start huge. a campaign on social media or maybe do some kind of... Um, Look, I have, I have a plug. Nancy Faust, who is the most famous baseball organist of all time, who was the White Sox organist forever? Dude, let's get, get this guy his podcast. first. Let's get yeah. this she guy his first pitch. On the podcast. Maybe she's, she will be she's on. She's got pod. some influence. Yeah. And we can bring this up to her. We and gotta try get, and get this Duty guy his first pitch back. He, he need Duty needs his first pitch back. Hey, I we gotta make I this shit happen. That's, dude, like our best, that's our best shot. I think. We'll yeah. get, we'll get, please welcome <laughs> Sprout Social head of Biz Dev <laughs> Pat Duty throwing out the first fucking pitch, dude. Yes, I'm starting to blush a bit. Hey, if Let's make it happen. Let's turn it into a campaign. Uh, I think if we can get a couple of the big names that we played with behind it, maybe we tweet at the Sox a couple times or do something. I think we can pull some off, dude. dude I think if you're anybody, connected to Nancy Files, we went to a Sox. You know some some of the people that work there. Yeah, I think we can do it. If anybody can do it, Drew Connor can. No, can no, do no. It. Pat's got the Southside connections. King. Hey, I don't want the podcast to be about me, but if it's going to be, this was what I would like. This yeah. is it. This yeah. is we it. We have to make it happen. Oh, thank dude. you. No, thank I mean, look, like I said, you don't, as a younger American guy on the team, you, you, we rarely get opportunities to do stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and so you need you need your redemption. Dude. This is I mean, this the is arm's the ready. This is the pet. Are you ready for yeah, this? Yeah, the arm's ready. She's ready. Uh, I think about it probably two times a week. Um, <laughs> so specific, dude. Let's make it talk happen. It, talk about Sox, talk, Sox, about, talk Sox, about you guys getting fucked. Can we can we just talk about the the pay gap issue? Oh um, how much time do we have? Yeah, how do we want to segue into that? <laughs> you want to talk about yams? Yeah, let's talk um, about let's yams. talk about yams. DJ, show the tattoo. Let's uh here. This is what I'll do. I'll go right here. Ready? I'll do I'll do this. Um, no, young guys like us, like we rarely get chances. 
to do cool stuff off the field. Like I was saying, appearances and stuff. And cause there's this pay gap, you know, you, we, each MLS team has a couple stars that are making a couple million dollars. And then you look at the bottom of the roster, which is like us. And it's like, some of these guys are getting paid 6 million and then, you know, we're getting 60, 70 K and it's like, what the fuck dude? Like the difference in pay is insane. Your dude, your Gilberto story about him looking at your paycheck is, is gold. That was good. That's that's the de- if that could have been recorded, that's something that we could have showed to the union, to the players, them. MLS players <laughs> yeah. union, and they would have been like, okay, maybe we do need to pay our younger players there's, more. There's a there's a very massive disconnect going on right now. Yeah. So apparently, dude's got his his paycheck, um, and Gilberto, who was one of our like famous Brazilian strikers at the time on a you know million dollar contract or something, two point five, two point five milli comes up. And sees duties paycheck. Pay Didn't yeah. he think it was his? No, no, no. Yeah. Or, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I was in the shower. Gilberto and I were, our lockers were right next to each other at the time. And coming from uh, the showers, it was two days so we, or two weeks gone by. So I'm looking, trying to find my pay stub. And uh, I see Gilberto at my locker. And I'm like, hey, man, what's up? He's like, oh, duty. He's like, paycheck's wrong. I was like, really? I look at it, I was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> and he goes, no, no, no. He's like, bad. He's like, I go get Bowler, our AB, our guy. And I was like, let me look at it again. I was like, no, Gilberto, like, this is fine. So he think he thought the club was like, got it wrong and like, was is fucking you, you basically. Yeah, well, then his famous well, line. Well, there was like a, like a clerical error or something like that. Yeah, oh, he, this can't be right. Yeah, he was, he was truly trying, he, he was coming from a good spot. But his famous line was like, no, no, no. He's like, you need more zeros. And I was like, yeah, I would love more zeros, Gilberto. Um, I don't earn more zeros. And then I pulled up his two-week pay stub, and I show it to him. And I was like, you see this? I was like, this is what I make whole year. And this is what you make in two weeks. And he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, I go get AB. I was like, for the love of God, do not get AB. That's how much money I make. And, like, the whole locker room was dying. And Ber- God bless Gilberto. His heart was in a good place. Yeah. He was trying to be like, yo, why aren't you making like mm-hmm. actual money? Um, but it's so funny for me to like think like, no, this is. That's, had, that's and some of these guys have no idea, man. No clue. They don't They're, know. They Wait, are like, convinced that we are all making $2.5 like million. Flick the check. Yeah. Cause, 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 <laughs> Wayne Rooney came over and he was like flabbergasted by like how little the, the American guys were, yeah. were getting paid. And, and I, uh, you know, we had a players union meeting before like our second season. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about GAM, which is general allocation money, TAM, transfer <laughs> yeah, allocation money. It. And DJ stood up and he's like, hey, where's the fucking YAM? And they were like, what's YAM? And he's like, young American money. There's none of it in this fucking league. We're all getting screwed out here. Yeah, I mean, this is at the point where, like, I was I was fully rogue. Yeah. I was just getting abused by Pano. I had stopped caring completely. And I was just like, fuck it. Like, what? Why not? Why not bring it up? Yeah, yeah. And so this whole idea of YAM, because they're always <laughs> talking about GAM and TAM and all these different ways to allocate money. DJ brings up YAM, Young American Money. So we like started this click on our team of basically all the young American homies that were underpaid and, I mean, complete, to be completely honest, getting treated like shit by the staff. Um, <laughs> we don't even have to, to go into that, but... 
it was like DJ ended up he ended up getting his first tattoo was yeah show the camera he got yam on his arm so that's how strong that I, so that's how strong I feel about this cause it's unbelievable so I think you had an idea to do a segment every every yeah. couple episode to maybe do like a yam segment yeah. where we wanna, highlight we highlight a but but listen being a yam is not about the soccer. I, that That's first and foremost. It's about embodying a vibe. Because if you remember, Diego Campos was an American, a real good yam. Marco Mitrovic, assistant coach of the Chicago Fire, 2015 to 2018, not an American, not young, but loved but, himself, but himself a yam. yam. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, it's... It's like a religion. Uh, yeah. And essentially what I want to do is, of course, we can come on and every week talk about like, Jackson Ewell's balling. Chris Muller's like really balling. Um, dudes are breaking into the national team. Eric Williamson. We want to see young guys yeah. do well in MLS. But yeah. we're not, we're talking about yams. So it's going to be yam of the week. And it's basically just any of one of these motherfuckers doing something awesome that has nothing to do with soccer. And they're going to get $5 from each of us. $25 to the Venmo, Love but they have to be listening to the pod and reach out to us first Love that. in true yam fashion because no one is going to pay a yam. You got to go it's and a, get it. You got to go and get that <laughs> and yam. Hopefully, and hopefully some of the listeners will, will, will post the Venmo. Yeah, maybe, yeah, hopefully maybe people will be like, yam, hey, maybe reach we'll out yam to this bonuses. pod. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe, if there's, maybe a, if there's a, a guy on an MLS team out of college or American and he's he's been on loan to a USL championship or USL one team and, and he scores a sickle. Yeah, maybe he's scoring a sickle. Maybe we get together like a yam bonus. Yeah. Get like a GoFundMe or Venmo and get that guy. Get that guy. It's like a nonprofit. It's like a nonprofit. Yeah. Like this week, it it would have been good. My yam of the week is Hassani Dotson, who Minnesota United right played in college, Oregon State, I believe. Um he is balling. He's a good fucking player. He's got some call-ups, but I don't give a shit about that. He proposed to a bad bitch on the sidelines. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for that, you get Yam of the Week. Yam that's of the a week, big baby. flex. So that's the first one that's of the week. That's our first one. That's Sonny Dotson proposing. If you to, hear this, 25 bucks, put that towards the ring, buddy. There you go. I love that. I love that. That's amazing. Well, I think that's I think we cover most of the bases. Um... Man, this has been the first episode of Free Kickin'. Thanks for joining us. Oh, like, can I interrupt real quick? Yeah. Uh, I think it, we'd be doing um, everyone a disservice if you didn't, you know, give a little shout out to the shirt that you're repping right now. Oh. Oh, yeah? Facts. Chicago House AC. We, I was, speaking I was, of yams. Speaking of some yeah, speaking of really yams, good yams. No, this is, this is cool. So this is a new professional organization that's starting up in Chicago. Uh, it's started by Peter Wilt. Yep. who's got a fantastic track record of starting teams, Chicago Fire, Indy 11, Ford Madison, all teams with, with, with good followings. Wins. Um, and, and wins. And, and wins. Um, they're still around. Like, dude, this guy started more professional soccer teams than anyone in the world, and he's starting a new one in Chicago. We're playing at uh, the old Toyota Park, now SeatGeek Stadium in Bridgeview. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the team's called Chicago House. It's, it's named after house music, which started in Chicago. So... It's kind of um, is that true? Yeah, yeah. That yeah, is house true. music. I, I don't need to Google that. Okay. I know that. House music. House music uh, started in Chicago, and no, dude, it was uh, when I finished my season with Indy and was kind of weighing out some options. I thought it was a really cool opportunity to come back home and finish my career in Chicago. Sure. Um, coached by C.J. Brown, who's a Chicago soccer and Chicago Fire legend. Um, 
And so, yeah, man, it's just been really cool. I'm, I'm, I'm getting to play with a lot of the guys that are kind of coming back from back home, playing in Europe and um, Kaz, Abador, Woj. I mean, I, I, uh, I can go on and on with some of the guys that, that are on the team, but it's really cool. And I think the concept is hopefully that it'll be like this duality of both soccer and music, which are my two favorite things. And we're hoping to get some some concerts at, at SeatGeek Stadium after the games, man. So this should be a fun thing. It's, it's technically third division. It's a new league called NISA, um, National Independent Soccer Association. So there's not a lot of rules in terms of like marketing and things like that. Like we can kind of do every, any, anything and everything. Um, so it's a super, it's, gonna be super, sick. it's a super it's cool thing, man, that's going on. So please uh, look up Chicago House AC on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. And yeah, let's uh, maybe we'll do a ticket giveaway. Oh, we'll yeah, do a ticket definitely. giveaway at some point. Maybe we'll cool. do some merch. Something like that, but um, yeah, thanks for reminding me. No problem. Appreciate it. I'm excited for um, that. DJ, anything, anything you want to say before we wrap up? Um, yeah, I mean, why don't we, why don't we uh, tell the people real quick what we've got coming for for the pod, what we got planned, yeah. and a couple of people we're bringing on. Yeah, I mean, I think we're the original idea, like, was to it to be just kind of a, a soccer thing, but now we're kind of open to bringing all different types of people on. Man, I think you know. We definitely want to bring on some local like soccer icons, but we want to get some some restaurant owners in here, musicians. Um, some musicians. I'd love to bring a DJ in here and do some to like take a break and do like a quick little set. I think that. Can would I be take off fun. that week? You can leave when okay. the DJ yeah, yeah, comes yeah, yeah. in. Duty we, hates music. Oh, yeah, right. for you've been listening oh, to the uh, same same ten songs. Yeah, since, Duty's since place school. has been updated for a long time. Um, but no, man, I think this is gonna be cool, and and we're gonna bring in a lot of different guests. Yeah. Um, and it should be it should be a fucking blast. So let's keep it rolling. This has been episode one of Free Kicking. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah.